WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Thursday morning. Roger Bouchard here along with uh, Mr. Chris Boulay. He's in studio, and uh, we'll be uh, chatting with our listeners. Well, hopefully, anyway. Uh, you can pick up the phone and call us up here at 769-0600-766-1380 and bring up any topic that you would like to bring up. We uh, would love to hear from you. It is an open line program. And that's first and foremost. So if we get a call, we will uh, get to you as quickly and as soon as possible. Good morning, Mr. Boulay. How are you doing on this Thursday? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's terrific to be here. Nice to have you here. Housekeeping matter, the um, Rotary Club, of which uh, Chris is a member and so am I, has had uh, a promotion during the month of uh, February. And what they did is, before February, they sold these calendars. It's a fundraiser. The Rotary Club raised over $3,000 for this fundraiser. Here are some of the winners of the, um, of the prizes. What happened is there was a prize drawn every day. And um, so, let's see. On the, uh, what's, what's today's uh, date? Uh, I gotta, do, you know, do you know the date offhand? Um, well, today is the 19th. Oh, 18th? 18th. Okay. Yeah. Today is the 18th. So the winner of today's drawing is a $25 gift uh, certificate to the Broster House. And uh, Al Ledoux is the winner. Al Ledoux, $25 gift certificate to the Broster House. Yesterday, Wednesday, a $25 gift certificate to Ciro's, won by Denise Bourget. And on um, went on Tuesday, we had a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to um, Applebee's, and that was won by donated by WNRI. I thought I'd throw that in, and uh, that was won by Mary Anderson. And on Monday, we had a fifty-dollar gift card donated by Kay's Donner and uh, Dave LaHousse, and that went to. Mago Moroso, and that was on Monday. And on Sunday, we had a month's membership to the YMCA, donated by the YMCA, and that went to Sue Barger. So those are um, the winners, and I'm even going to give you the winner for tomorrow. How's that? Uh, and that is a $25 gift certificate to Lops. That's the uh, craft beer place on North Main Street. And uh, that $25 gift certificate won by Mark Hanwa. And uh, as time goes on, we'll give you um, the other prizes as the Rotary Club continues its drawing in the month of February for uh, these uh, nice prizes. So there we go. So the, the Rotary raised $3,000. Over 3000 yes. That sounds like tremendous leadership. Absolutely. The Rotary Club has got a great president this year, a man with vision, a man uh, with... Uh, oh. I guess that's all I should say about myself right <laughs> great, now. Great, great voice in the Rhode Island Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame. All right. Uh, good friend to everyone. All right. Thank you. We have a Rotary Club meeting. Um, and uh, we're meeting by that um, Zoom method. But uh, hopefully maybe in the month of March we can resume our meetings over at uh, 
River Falls. We'll I, see. I, I missed the Happy Bucks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. We missed the whole uh, scene. Uh, I think a lot of people miss the socialization of uh, some of the organizations and clubs that they belong to. No Mardi Gras uh, this year and, and so forth. Hey, we have caller waiting. We have topics waiting. Uh, but we'll uh, take our first caller and then uh, we'll jump into some uh, topics. Absolutely. You heard the program yesterday with Absolutely. the general treasurer? Yeah, yes. Yes. Well, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about what he had to say, too. Let's take this phone call. Hello. Thanks for your call. Good morning. I have exciting news, but first I've got to give you the backstory. okay? Sure. Uh, okay. I live in North Smithfield, and I have been feeding the wild birds. Oh, gosh, I've lived here since the early 70s. Yes. That and earlier. And anyhow, at the far corner of my driveway, I've called in a few times. Um, I've been fe- throwing scraps of, like, bones, chicken, you know, bones with a little meat on them. Yeah. Chicken bones, beef bones, or throw out, you know, potato scraps, macaroni scraps, whatever. And the birds, the hawks and the eagles, I mean, the hawks and the ravens and the crows come in, and they'll have it all cleaned up within a half hour. And I don't always have something to put out there, but when I do, I put it out. Well, lately I've had a pair of red-shouldered, I'm so excited, (laughs) hawks that have been coming in. And they're getting ready to pair off for this year because now they'll sit together on the branch. Well, they've been down there eating, and nothing's ever scared them off. Well, this morning, the crows and the hawks flew up, and you'll never guess I've reached the pinnacle of what landed. A bald eagle. I am so excited. <laughs> and he stayed here for about 15 minutes eating up the scraps. He just left now. Now, is this bald eagle bigger than, uh, than the... It was he, oh, yeah, he's huge, but it was an immature one. He had a lot of white in his crown, but not totally white yet. But it was an immature one, and he is huge. I thought the red-shouldered hawks were big. This is two or three times bigger. Did you take he's, a picture? Oh, I couldn't, no. I couldn't. I wish I could have, but I had to let somebody know mm-hmm. that it happened. Uh, feeding the birds since way back those years, and they've known they come check this spot out almost every morning. A bald eagle morning, sighting in North Smithfield, right? Yes, sir. That's like yep. like spotting the Loch Ness monster. You better believe it. <laughs> there are oh, a lot wow. of Republicans in North Smithfield too, so <laughs> the bald eagle is appropriate. Well, and th- I've always voted Republican. Hey, it's paid off. <laughs> hey, th- Thank you for your... I thought you were going to... You know what? I was listening to you, and, and I said, you know, I think the turkey vultures have finally landed in North Midfield. Oh, they have landed here before. I've had them numerous times. They are a fascination to me. I know that the, the bald eagle is a much bigger much bigger consequence, but those uh, yeah, turkey well, vultures... the eagle is bigger than the turkey vultures, so if you've seen them... Yeah. And the, the fascinating thing I found out about... And never really realized it, although I've seen that picture many times. Like the hawks and everything, their legs are normally bare, mm-hmm. they're orange. Well, the eagle has feathers running down his leg and, like, epaulets is the only thing I'm word I can think of. Mm-hmm. His legs are covered with feathers. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, give me before you leave. Um, yeah. Give me give me an idea. A turkey vulture is a big bird. How big was the bald eagle compared to a turkey vulture? Bigger. Bigger and heavier. Twice the size. Um, 
maybe two-thirds the size. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Just me. I just want to get a feel for how big that bird was. Hey, appreciate no, your call. That was very nice of you to think of us. Oh, I have Thank to you. say something to somebody. Well, you said it to a lot of somebodies. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great You're day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bald eagle spotting in North Smithfield. There's a tie-in between the turkeys and, and the um, turkeys and the um, and the bald eagle. Uh-huh. In the musical 1776, talking about the starting of the country, mm-hmm. there was a debate whether the turkey or the bald eagle should be the national bird. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. Yep. All right. Now, 1969, and- I think it was. Uh, 1776 was on Broadway. All right. That wasn't the Hamilton one. No, not the Hamilton one. No, this is the one I used to listen to with my brother and David. All right, this is an older production. Yes. All right, let's go back to the phones. This is the Upfront program. Hello there. Welcome to our program. Good morning to both of you. Good Good morning. morning. Now, Chris, I heard you mention about Congressman Cicilline over a week ago as to we should know about whether he's going to keep his job or not. Did that go by me or when is that date? Well, we've got the, it looks right now, they're still doing the census, it looks like the population for Rhode Island will not carry two congressional districts. Right. So Langevin's got the second congressional district, like East Greenwich and Down, and, um, and um, Sicily has the first congressional district. So if we go the way of Wyoming and maybe Montana, I think Roger can correct me on that, they have two senators and they only have one representative. So the way it stands now, unless there's some uh, jockeying, um, if uh, Langevin and Cicilline wanted to both remain congressmen, they'd have to run off against each other. But again, you know, you're looking at, you also have uh, Senator uh, Reed, I think is in the 70s now. So I don't know where it's all going to lay, but um, no, nothing's been decided yet. It looks that way unless we have representatives who want to pay people $10,000 a piece to move to Rhode Island so we get the population up. When will we know by the end of the month as to what's I don't think it'll be that quick. Right? Yeah, and I don't, I don't think so. I think they're still uh, tabulating the uh, census, and I, so I, I think it's a little ways before mm-hmm. that happens. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it on the break, but um, again, I guess I just never gave it a lot of thought, but it does look like the, the part, because we've been stagnant. I, I looked at, when I was looking at the Electoral College and the elections, uh, Texas from 2016 to 2020 went up like 17.3% population and at the same time Rhode Island went down 3.7%. So we have a million 56,000 people and we've had growth in different places. I think California has like 58 representatives so we may just have one. So look at you can look at it two ways. We're going to lose representation or secondarily one more guy not to screw things up for Rhode Island. <laughs> I, I choose I, I choose the I choose the latter. <laughs> and so do I. And one other thing, if I may, sure. As far as the uh, upcoming uh, bonds that we should vote on, and it seems like quite a few to me. But in any case, there's always something to vote on when it comes to bonds. And aren't there quite a few outstanding bonds? Is my question. Well, the, I think there's six or seven of them that that they're proposing. That's seven. Yeah. I, I, I got my booklet. Okay. So, yeah, I took a picture that Rogers handed to me. The first one is on the University of Rhode Island, Fine Arts Center. The second one is on State Peach, uh, Beaches and Parks. The third my, one, go ahead. But you, my question is, 
when it came to in the past what we have voted on when it comes to bonds aren't there already bonds like i know a couple years ago or less i voted for the stadium bond mm -hmm. aren't there quite a few outstanding bonds as it is unspent money Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't know if the coronavirus stopped that money from being spent, but you you've got a constant um, swivel of things that have to be that you know to keep the government going. So they have to have a balanced budget in the state. It's in the state constitution, but they can borrow money to do things. So that's a constant thing. I think our point was that the vast majority of the people will approve these, but I'm not sure if I'm catching your point. Well, I, I did catch your point, and I did actually have an answer because Great. it was discussed, um, even though, you you know, when they had those news conferences for coronavirus uh, um, uh, questions, uh, a lot of the reporters would ask questions outside of the realm of uh, COVID-19, and one of the questions was, uh, was there millions of dollars left over from not only the last bond issue question, but the questions before that and the questions before that? And the answer is yes. There are actually millions and millions of dollars that have not been spent from allocations of previous bond issues. Now, they're, wow. they're in the, they're in the uh, what we call the funnel to be spent. Um, like, for instance, let's take road construction. Let's say $50 million was approved uh, for road construction. Uh, they just haven't been able to award the contracts out to, um, to do the jobs to uh, use that money. But the answer is, yes, there is. Uh, but they are planning on spending the money. It's just that it hasn't been spent yet. But there is millions of dollars left over. And then this is new money that we're talking about here in this bond issue. But also, oh. to, also to add to that, you can't take money that you haven't spent and, and uh, direct it for a project and then do it uh, for something else without going to another bond, you know, going oh. to another issue. So if they put aside $50 million for, um, for the arts, they can't just take that money and bring it over to something else uh, oh, for roads. Good. So, yeah, they, they'd have to start again. So, yeah. Um, Roger has a better handle than I do, but they haven't spent all the money, and that would make sense because of uh, the coronavirus. That's great. The answer's great. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Thank you for your call. This is the Upfront Program on WNRI. I'm Roger. Uh, that's Chris over there, and uh, we're taking the calls. We'll take one more call, and maybe we'll bring up a topic or two. And, of course, Chris, we'll take some commercials, right? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. Hello there. Thank you for your call. Yes. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I don't know how far that lady lives from Lincoln Woods, but um, I walk Lincoln Woods every day, and at least once a month, I see an eagle at Lincoln Woods, and they see a lot of nests over here. And um, as far as the size of them, they're probably the wing, the wing spread's probably like five to six feet in diameter, the wing spread alone. They're big birds, huh? Oh, yeah. And I see a lot of um, blue herrings and luge. I don't know if you ever seen a luge. Or what a luge is. It's one of those black birds that dive underwater and they stay underwater for fish. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot yeah. of wildlife in Lincoln Woods. If you ever want to see wildlife, walk Lincoln Woods. You know, I walk it like three times around, so I see a lot over here in the morning. I go like 6 o'clock in the morning, so there's how, a lot of wildlife here. How many miles Woods. is it around Lincoln Woods? you actually walk the perimeter of uh, the, the water? Yeah, three, three miles around. Oh. 
That's a that's a good one. Do they have a walkway there? Like uh, yeah, they got the you got the road. So uh-huh. and and you walk you walk the road. Uh-huh. And the wintertime it's close to traffic, so it's nice. And then mm-hmm. uh, in the summertime you got like one lane. Mm-hmm. It's only one way. It's only one way around. So yeah, that's a real like... nice walk. It's a nice walk, and there's a lot of people. Actually, there's a lot of people that walk there. You know, mm-hmm. All right? And uh- it's like in a circle. I haven't been in that complex in years. You know, I drive by it, look at it from the highway, but I haven't been to Lincoln Woods in a bunch of years. It sounds like a very nice walk. I'm going to have to try it soon. Thank you. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of animals in there, too. There's like mm-hmm. deer. I, I, I actually, there's like, I think like a couple of years ago, they've seen bobcats and mm-hmm. everything in here. Believe me, there's, there's a lot of wildlife in here. You'd be very surprised. A lot of birds, too. A lot of people take pictures of birds in here. I'll have to it's check it birds. out. Thanks for taking right. the time. Appreciate yep. it. Bye-bye. Bye. Maybe 50 pounds ago, I used to do road races in Lincoln Woods, mm-hmm. and we'd go around twice. So that, that was 6.2 miles or 10,000 uh, meters. He was wondering whether I saw any of those animals, uh, like the luge. And on Saturday morning, um, sometimes I'll throw on the television set, and they have these um, TV shows that have to deal with... Uh, Ocean and ocean mammals and uh, and animals uh, in Africa and Ecuador and Chile. Anyway, yes, I like to watch animals on television. I'm not a big fan of them in person, but on television, oh, in person too at the zoo too. Anyway, hey, um, what would you like to to bring up as a as a topic for discussion before we take a break here? Well, one topic I have that I'm more interested. in much more interested in what you have to say than I have to say is uh, Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. passing away at age 70. Um, your thoughts? Well, uh, my thoughts are divided into two areas. First of all, on what he did for radio, you know, the radio industry. Was I a fan of the Rush Limbaugh style and uh, his content? Even though I'm, I'm uh, more of a moderate person and I should, like, really identify with it, I didn't. Um, but did I respect what he did for the industry? Uh, yes, I did, because um, I'm in the radio business, not the television business or cable television. Or I'm in the radio business, and, and most of my life has been in the AM radio business. And what that man did for the AM radio business, so keeping it vibrant uh, during a long period from 1988. This, I mean, we're in 2021, so you can see that this guy has been in the broadcasting field for a long, long time and has kept people glued to uh, AM radio stations. At one time, uh, there were 670 uh, stations in the network uh, across the country. Uh, so uh, he he made his contribution to radio, and I'm grateful for, for that. Uh, does that answer your question? It does, but doesn't 1988 to 2021 sound like child's play to you? <laughs> when, when, when did you start here in... Uh, right, uh, pretty much in high school, right? right? 1963. All right, so he was a short timer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I guess um, that's one way of looking at it. All right, we do have to take a, a quick break uh, for a few ads, and we have some callers waiting, and uh, we appreciate that. So thank you for, uh, for hanging on there. Just when the holidays are over and I think there's nothing more to think about financially. But then February and March always get me thinking about how i got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions. And I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. 
Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. There's plenty of winter left, and Belo's sells two great products to keep you prepared. They always have Inferno Ice Melt in stock. This product features no salt and will not damage your grass, steps, walkways, plants, or carpets. And it is pet-friendly, too. And for incredible heat output in your wood stove, Belo's carries Cubics Pellets, known for delivering 9,000 BTUs per pound with a low ash residue. Imported from Canada, you can buy it by the bag or by the ton. And if you buy by the ton, you don't have to take it with you immediately. You have up to 30 days and can take 10 bags at a time. How convenient is that? Cubics Pellets and Inferno Ice Melt. Always in stock at Belo's. 665 Diamond Hill Road, one socket. Open every day. The little red truck is at your service. We are A&R Trailer Rentals in Woonsocket. We're a company that has those 45-foot storage trailers for rent or lease, and 20-foot ground-level containers are also available. And we offer leasing with the option to buy. We specialize in household and commercial storage for the public. So if you're looking for a place to store household items while remodeling or renovating, then look no further. We have your temporary storage needs available for a fraction of the cost of those storage facilities. And if you're looking to store seasonal items like uh, snowmobiles or jet skis, we have the perfect solution. Call Al Gagnon at 766-1919. Need temporary storage? With the little red truck, give us a call. And for your lawn and garden, we can deliver Wright's Farm cow manure, or you can select from an organic mix, which is a lab tested by the University of Maine for your lawn and garden, but also gravel, sand, clay, stone dust, and mulch available, delivered right to your property. Al Gagnon's Little Red Truck will bring it to you, and here is his number for rates and more information, 766-1919, 766-1919. Great service and delicious food, says Kathleen on Facebook. JR wrote, a jewel in Woonsocket. That's what customers say about Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street. For instance, our meatballs are made fresh with a combination of seasonings. The result, delicious. And we pride ourselves on fresh, made-from-scratch dishes, like our pasta bolognese. Check out our Facebook page for upcoming specials. Family-style chicken, always available. Hi, this is Gina Savini, inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Perfect for any event. Join us uh, tonight for great dining. May I highly recommend the eggplant parmesan. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel has reconvened. I'm Roger, and uh, this is Chris Boulay over here. Hello, sir. Hello. And we have a caller uh, waiting. Um, Seth Magaziner was on the radio uh, yesterday. Uh, here at WNRI, he said some um, interesting things. Did you uh, pick up on anything uh, when you listened in? I, I found it really interesting because it's going to be very, very interesting because I'm thinking about who are the likely 
uh, folks to run on the Democratic side. We don't know who's going to run on the Republican side. We can say, generally speaking, that being a Democratic state, there's a good chance that the next uh, governor is going to be Democrat. So I, I think about um, the laws are from Providence, and I, and I think he's going to be a non-factor. I think of Nellie Gobier. I think she's going to be a non-factor. So I think it's going to come down to the treasurer, and it's going to come down to Dan McKee. And, and I was thinking about this. It's kind of like Tom Brady versus... Uh, McCombs, because, you know, next this year, Dan's going to be 70 years old, and Seth is going to be 38. So, basically, you know, about half the age. And I'm looking at Seth in terms of, he's got national profile because of his father, Ira, and he can raise a lot of money from the treasurer's spot. And I was thinking about, you know, Roger Beejan, when he was treasurer, he ran for lieutenant governor, and had he... You know, running from the treasurer's spot is a great place to go to governor because of the money that you can raise. And then I look at Dan, and I look at, uh, you know, being more of a business person and also being the incumbent. So as, as I hear um, Seth and I hear Dan, there's almost a complete certainty that they're both going to be trying to be the next governor. Dan will be the next governor based on the fact that Gino will be stepping down. And um, I'm, I'm watching with great interest because I think... In a way, Magazine will be more effective, but will he be effective for the right things? He's been done a very good job as treasurer, but there's certainly a slant of liberalism and, uh, in, his, in his actions. And so is he going to throw away all of that fiscal responsibility and just hand everything out like candy the way uh, Raimondo did? We now have a you know, $10, tr uh, $10 billion budget. It keeps growing and growing. So I'm thinking about who's going to be the more effective person. Dan, with the business background, is going to understand the, the community better and the business people. You've got a much higher level finance person in the magazine who's done a better job in a, in a more important position than lieutenant governor. But uh, is he going to keep his fiscal promises or is he just going to cave in uh, to the progressives? So uh, I'm watching very, very interestedly. And... I think WNRI is going to have access to both of them, and I don't see anyone else coming out. I don't know why you'd want to waste you know, a couple million dollars of your own money to run against either one of them. While we take our caller, I'm going to hand over a list to you with some pictures of names uh, that uh, have been mentioned to be uh, governor, besides a couple of names you mentioned. I think this list came from... Uh, uh, it might have come from, I don't know where it came from, but there it is. <laughs> I'll take the call, and you can look at the, the pictures and the names and see if any other names, uh, like, uh, jump out at you. They're both Republicans and Democrats on that list. Hello there. Thank you for waiting, and good morning to you. Good morning. I have a question, or, or I think I heard a previous caller ask a question, and I think... I heard it differently than you both did, and I'm not sure I'm right, but what I heard her as asking the questions about the bonds, yeah. the way I understood her question was how many bonds are still outstanding? And not so much how much money is there left to spend, but rather how, how much longer do we have to pay on them? The, the indebtedness from those bonds. That's how I understood her question. I could be wrong. Well, let's let's come up with both of them. I, I can I can guess, but because of this wonderful thing called uh, uh, called the internet, I can pretty much figure out what our indebtedness is. So I will check that in a minute. And uh, but yeah, we 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 have a decent credit rating um, in 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 Rhode Island. It's not the top of the line. It's obviously not AAA. I think it's AA, but it's probably in the 
top 25 and being so small, you know, in my business, it's hard for Rhode Island just to find quality um, bonds in Rhode Island because it's such a few, uh, such a small state. Yeah. No. Well, just the reason I'm the reason I'm asking this is, you know, just because you have say a, a three thousand dollar credit limit doesn't mean you should max it out. Yes, and that's exactly. Um, I don't know if that's what she was asking, but uh, I was thinking in terms of a credit card. You've got like a five thousand dollar limit, and you pay down uh, down to uh, thirty thirty five hundred. So now let's put another fifteen hundred on top of it to bring it up to the max. Uh, I don't I don't think we're retiring any. Um, as we retire old debt, I think uh, was, is what I mean to say, we're right. putting new debt on top of it. So it almost becomes a, like a moot question. I think we're always maxing ourselves out. Yes, and the, and the people who will decide that is really the credit rating agencies. Because if we need, you know, $5 billion of, of debt to run the state and they're saying that we're only credit worthy for $3.5 billion, then that becomes a problem. Right now, we're, I just looked up, we're double A and, you know, we've got a good credit rating. You know, you put one of the things that's interesting, and I think they have to do it uh, uh, for legal reasons, but if you look at the underlying bond issues and the details, they're assuming a 5% interest rate or uh, on those bonds, and I would think that we could probably get something less given this interest rate environment. So, yeah, it's it's really you need to borrow the money to run the state. Every every state has outstanding debt, and to your point, how, how much is enough? Well, yeah, and that's and that's what I think um, the previous caller was more after than than the way you first heard her because I could understand how you heard it the other way but that was my question is you know how much how much is enough I mean just because you can afford to go to Tiffany's doesn't mean you have to uh, before before you go to um, because you're gonna force me to the the right now um, the state owes about nine billion dollars in in debt. So according to the U.S. Census Bureau, Rhode Island had a debt of $9 billion in change. Um, and, and, oh, this is old. This is 2015, so I'm probably thinking about $10, $11 billion. And the, de- the, the state debt per capita was $8,500. So, right, so that's we, we owe. And all 50 states, and again, this is old information, six years old. They try to get better information. Uh, the all 50 states owed about $1.2 trillion or, or a debt capital uh Per capita of three, thirty-six hundred dollars. That means for every man, woman, and child in America, uh, the states on average owe thirty-six hundred dollars. So, if you go by this, Rhode Island is more in debt, almost you know, two and a half times more than the average uh, exactly. state. That make you feel exactly. good? Well, I don't know how good it makes me feel, <laughs> but but I think it's important information that that um, we need to think about before we um, approve anything. I mean, I just think, you know, the pockets are only so deep. Well, I know, given it's only state money, uh, you know, the pockets are are completely bottomless. But that's another discussion. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your call. Thanks a lot. Thanks for refocusing us. This is the Upfront Program on WNRI. I'm Roger. Chris is here. We're talking about anything you want to talk about. We've cleared our lines, which means we can uh, bring up subjects that uh, we had on our list. However, you're welcome to uh, get right in on it and uh, give us a call and give us your opinion or ask a question. And we'll be more than happy to give you our answers as to what we think of a bald eagle or the credit limit 
of the state of Rhode Island. Christopher? Uh, another report that I looked at this morning, it's pretty large, but it's, uh, it's a China-U.S. report based on our interactions and trade with China. And the report was put on CNBC. Um, again, it was, I think it was 90-something pages, so I, I tried to get to the highlights. But it's very much geared saying that if United States and China were to decouple and create some kind of trade war, i.e., the 25% uh, surcharge and uh, tariffs that uh, were put on some of the goods by the Trump administration, that it would create and elicit all of the negative stuff that would happen to the United States of America in terms of GDP growth and what have you. But it doesn't discuss any of the other side of the issues like intellectual capital. What happens if you're designing something that's worth billions and tri uh, trillions of dollars, maybe, uh, 5G, whatever it may be, and then the Chinese get to steal it? So I thought it was incredibly one-sided. And um, so kind of kind of wanted to comment on that and kind of tie it into a modest proposal that I have. We're talking about debt, so it kind of tied into what I'm looking at. And would you believe that China is not the biggest debtor? Uh, owner of U.S. debt uh, in foreign countries? Uh, I thought they were. I, I Try th me. I thought they were, too, and I thought it was higher. But right now, China has $1.1 trillion of our debt. So the U.S. federal debt, uh, treasuries, and Japan has $1.2 trillion. So we have to spend $1.9 trillion, according to the Biden administration, if this thing passes. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty strong behavior, but I don't want to be worried about boycotting an Olympics because of China. They caused this uh, coronavirus. Um, we could basically say that some of the debt would be in default. Uh, we basically say we're not going to pay you guys anymore. And, and, I, and that's kind of a pushing show, but that would kind of get their attention. Mm -hmm. They caused this worldwide. And the only way to actually get that money back from China is to say, look, you have, you have U.S. treasuries. We're not going to honor them. Uh, radical, uh, but it'd be, I think it'd be a conversation starter because we're five, six trillion dollars in debt because of this coronavirus. And all things point to the fact that they caused it. Roger and Chris on the Upfront program. And thank you for your participation in the program. And let's go to the telephones and see what you have to say. Hello there. Hi, I have a quick question. Shoot. I got a flyer in the mail the other day about voting. Yep. Uh, is, is that the way it's going to go? We have to vote from home? No. You know? Absolutely not. Nope. Uh, they're encouraging it. Uh, the treasurer said yesterday that he was uh, he voted from home. But no, you can vote. I think it's March 2nd. And you can go. I've never, I've never uh, voted um, not in person. I've always voted in person. But no, if you want to go to, they're certainly shrinking them because there's not going to be as many poll places because the turnout will be much, much smaller. But certainly, right, right. if you decide that you want to vote in person, you certainly can do that. There are two ways to do it. Um, on March 2nd, you can go to one of the four polling places here in Woonsocket. However, you can go down and vote today if you want. Uh, you all, all you have to do is go down to City Hall on the right-hand side, and uh, they'll take your temperature and ask you if you've been so sick, I, and you can go in and I, vote there. No, I don't have nothing against voting. I want to vote the regular time, mm -hmm. but I want to go. If they have the mail voting, then I retire. I won't vote no more. Mm -hmm. That's that's. I don't believe in that. I want to go out and vote myself. Yeah, so do I. So, so, so I'm just seeing if they're, they're, they're going to push us to, to vote by mail. I got that notice from the Secretary of State. I threw it in the garbage, and I think a couple of other people 
uh, around here. Um, I'm, I don't want to say who it was at the station, but I heard somebody. I think it was Larry. Yeah, I'll blame Larry for it, Larry. I think it was Larry. I think he got it and he tossed it, too. I mean, uh, I'm... I did the same thing. Right. Nelly yeah, Gobier is not going to tell me uh, how I'm I'm going to uh, vote. Yes, yeah, it's, it's getting bad, you know. Uh, everywhere is getting bad. And mm-hmm. if I can't leave my house to go vote, well, I'm not going to vote. All right. Okay, that's the only question I have. Thank, Thank you, you for calling. Thank have you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Um, I, I threw away mine, too. <laughs> All right, good. One of the four polling places is uh, the Harris School. That's where I'm, I'm going to be uh, voting uh, on uh, voting day. If, in fact, I don't go down to City Hall and vote ahead of time. But I think I'll probably vote on voting day. Uh, and I'm going to vote against all the bond issues. Not because they're not worthy. It's just that in this crazy time of the federal government spending like crazy. I mean, uh, I just think it's irresponsible to get us into uh, debt any further. However, uh, of course, as usual, when I support an issue or against an issue, it always comes out the opposite way. I am not at all in step with my fellow human beings. Um, I think that history shows us that it'll be uh, 60-40 you know, 75, 25, and almost all of them. I, I'd be surprised if any of them um, get defeated. Uh, people oh. like to spend. And what you think about, too, you think about the national debt. I was like $25 trillion and counting. Um, we have extremely low interest rates. We have historically low interest rates. So, therefore, um, the, the debt could be a lot worse. Eventually, you start printing so much money, and it becomes worth less and less because you have more of it, at some point there will be inflation, generally speaking, and then that will create higher interest rates and therefore the debt will be worse. Inflation is coming. I think we both can predict that, right? At some point. (laughs) Let's press the magic button and grab another caller. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was going to bring up a situation. We have rolling power power outages in Texas. And I was kind of concerned about that happening here. And I've had people tell me not to worry about it, not to worry about it. But I was looking up that power plant at 40 Point, uh, 40 Point Street. And every time I tried to research it, the search engine relocated me to some other power facility near it. But I couldn't find out anything about it. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that was built because we needed extra infrastructure. We needed more power. And then because of the... Green deal coming in at the, that time, they never actually put it into use. So my question is, is that thing set up? Can we use it if we need to? And also, I want your thoughts on this, but it's not a matter of just whether we're ready or not. It's the old Air Force adage, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. And I feel we're failing to prepare. What do you think on that? Okay. Uh, do you want to stay on the line or do you want to hang up? Well, I'll stay on the line. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the green people got a big blow in Texas because the turbines are all frozen. And the governor, it seems like a real sharp guy, Governor Abbott, and sounds like he could be a candidate for president at some point. We're talking about candidates for future office. And, and he's upset. I have clients in Texas, and they've, they, they've reached out to me. They can't reach out to me on the Internet because they don't have... The internet, a lot of them don't have power. It, it's, it's a disaster. But I think you'll agree with me. The biggest issue we're all missing is nuclear power. 
We've had one accident, and then obviously there was Chernobyl, but they haven't built any nuclear power plants for years and years and years. That is the most efficient, effective way to create power that will basically reduce our carbon footprint, and nobody wants to hear it. Well, you you obviously haven't heard me on the radio. <laughs> I am a big advocate of advanced nuclear. There are, there's a, a liquid metal reactor that we could use that the nuclear waste that one facility could power this entire country for the next 800 years. And also, we'd re-react the radioactive material to a lower, safer level. So we get rid of the nuclear waste, and we get 800 years of power just to use the nuclear waste, and you can't get it through to anybody. There's the liquid metal. There's also the molten salt thorium reactors that we could build. The only reason we picked uh, the uranium cycle over the thorium cycle is for nuclear material to build bombs, but realistically, the more efficient electrical producing system would be thorium, and I've pushed that on the radio several times, and it's you can't get anywhere with it. But I, I believe that is the answer. And the thing I've got to bring is short term right now, you know, what if we had a, a, a horrific hurricane come in and wipe out our offshore um, electrical producing turbines? Um, do we have enough regular systems to take place of that? Probably not. And, and again, it, it's... It's not a zero-sum game. We can really, really, I think we're in agreement here. Nuclear power has been pushed aside, and, and it, it works. It's, it's pretty clean. It's, a, it's effective, and um, it, it reduces our carbon footprint. And if people really think about what their ultimate goal is, if they really believe in a Green New Deal, they believe in better climate, whether you believe it, it works or not, or it's effect, effective or not, that's the way to go. Or I should, I should better say that, do you believe that um, human beings are causing global warming? If, if, wherever you decide, we know that nuclear power will help. Thank you for your call. Thanks a lot for taking the time again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As far as uh, nuclear power is concerned, um, I feel that the discussion on nuclear power is so far removed. I mean, I think, it's, it's, I think the caller was right. But I think that there's nobody talking about it. And uh, it's the same thing about nobody saying that we should have a balanced budget anymore. <laughs> we just keep spending and spending. And the conversation about a balanced budget uh, is completely off the table. It doesn't, it's like it doesn't exist as a topic. Well, that's how I feel about nuclear energy. It's there. It's got the potential. It's got various forms, as the caller said. But nobody's talking about it. So I guess we'll just go to solar panels. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go to another call. Hello there. Thank you for your call. Yes, good morning. I'd like to ask a question or two about, uh, trying to get the best wording here, about the China virus and why or, or any possible retribution we could have or should have done to China. Uh-huh. Mr. Malay, I, I think you said a little while ago we could kind of withhold on repayment of some of the, the money that we owe them, and that would be sort of a, uh, you know, a repayment for the virus? Well, what happened is right is now... That, or did I, did I mishear that? No, let me let me kind of kind of frame it because I, I say it tongue-in-cheek, but I say it, you know, kind of serious too, is that we, yeah, owe, I, I, we, owe, we owe China one point... One trillion dollars. They they hold that debt. It's probably more, but it's that. But there, it could be nuclear, uh, a mutually assured destruction because they've caused this. And if you assume that only some of this money is getting back to the U.S. 
uh, Treasury coffers regarding the $1.9 trillion that's being talked about and what have you, what have you. They caused it. So I don't want to talk about boycotting the Olympics. That's, that's nothing. Talk about what kind of, uh, kind of payback they're going to do for the damage they did. And one of them is to have a conversation about this. And, and it would have unintended right. consequences, probably, but at least it would get their attention. We don't have right. their now, attention. When you, when you used that phrase just recently, the damage they did, you're referring to the China virus? Correct. Oh, not the trade imbalance. Oh, right. The trade imbalance is another issue. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue that, that requires a, a, a different set of circumstances. Yeah, and, it's a whole and, different... Yeah. I'm, I'm ta- different reasons of starting and yeah. I'm talking, in the middle. And, yeah, I'm talking specifically yeah, I'm about our second quarter gross domestic product going down a third, which, is, which never happens, and that was completely caused by the coronavirus. I mean, if so you think you back... Think- Go ahead. So, so you believe, from, from what I can gather from your saying here, you believe that the United States probably should have taken or, or shall or should have in the future, should in the future, take some sort of uh, retribution to, to this government, China, for causing the virus. I think I read something just recently where, it's, as time goes by here, it's becoming even more uh, clarified that it was created in a lab. It wasn't just accidentally created from, from, from animals in that... Uh, and that and that that market there, Hunan, it was lab created, and by hook or by crook. Now, the, the article I was reading was unsure as to whether somebody got the with the virus out by by you know on purpose, or or somehow the virus got out by by accidentally, and, by uh, accidental right. means. Unless, it was, go ahead. I think we're pretty sure that it was it was a laboratory created virus that somehow or other we don't know the exact way, but escaped. But let's let, let's 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 assume that it was an accident. And then you take it to a next level, and I think it's understood that they weren't cooperating. No, they basically controlled the World Health Organization, and when we needed them most, they weren't yeah, there. Yeah, they fed them false information, and, and they, they let people travel. Like, like I guess I heard on your radio station that they, they have a lot of workers, Chinese, in, in Italy. And then Italy, they brought the virus over there, and then Italy had this, you know, this, this onslaught of the virus, probably worse for a while there. I think it's under <laughs> control now, but, but they had it worse than we had it. Yes, they so did. here's my next question, based on what we've just said. Thank you for your time. Um, were you a little disappointed that Trump, President Trump, let his uh, time in office expire without re- without really any retribu- any real retribution? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's. Now, a, I don't think we're going to see it from Biden. Yeah, that that's. So a, I was thinking, yeah. Trump knows he's not going to be president. He might have might have been yelling and screaming that he's won the election, but he really knew he wasn't going to be president anymore. And we know that Biden, I don't think, is going to do any significant retribution. I was disappointed that Trump didn't, as he sat in office there, you know, in the, in the last three or four weeks of his term. Yeah, um, I, I guess one of, the, one of the things is not to make excuses for the president. Uh, president Xi is president for life in China. I, I, you know, I was at Bryant University, Bryant College in the 80s, and I'll go back to you. We've been t- we were talking about China having the long game back then. So I'm not sure what he could have done, but yes, I, I oh, think yeah. I think he could have could have done more. There's no question about it, pushing back at I them. I don't think he did anything. You know, we, don't, we don't know what's going on behind anything. closed doors, but definitely, um, de- definitely, you, you want to, do you want uh, outgoing administration to make a big change, but yes, right. I, I think... And absence of the information that we don't have, yes, I think we should have laid some facts and said, look, I, again, I don't care about the Olympics. I think it's folly to, to try to boycott it. They owe us money for the damages that they did, and it's in the trillions of dollars, and we should at least start having that conversation. 
I'd go a little bit further than that. I would like to, I would, no, it's not going to happen. I would have liked to see, you know how we've picked out these, these, these terrorists around the world, the, the worst murderer here and the worst killer there, and we have, we have intelligence to tell us where they are? We oh, can do yeah. that with intelligence. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know if China is the right right people to pick up on that. So you know, Russia, China, if something like that happened, you you probably have a nuclear war. But we we need to push back. And I'll leave you with, with this: the United States of America has about a twenty one trillion dollar economy. China, the second largest economy in the world, has a fourteen trillion dollar economy. If you believe their numbers and they're probably fabricated a little bit, they're growing anywhere from five and a half to seven percent per annum. I was going to say, if it's 14, they're catching up pretty good. They, they sure are. And then if you go back to the Obama administration, they thought 2% was the maximum until Trump changed policies. If you're growing at 2% and your competition is growing at 6 to 7%, eventually yeah. we're going to be speaking Chinese. There's no question yeah. about it. Eventually, yeah. they, and they're, they're, they don't want to coexist with America. They want to dominate America. And unfortunately, that's the fact. Thank yeah. you for your call, sir. Thanks, thanks a lot for the call. Yeah, I'm just sorry he didn't do something before he left office, but that's the way it went. Thank you. did not. Thank you. We have time for one more call, and we're going to fit it in, at least try to. Hello, thank you for your call. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, Hi. Thank you so much for the variety of topics that you've covered today. <laughs> but True. I have one that, and if you, don't, if you want to hold it off till the next time Chris is on, but I would love to have his take on this equity, which I consider the latest six-letter swear word the equity that is showing up in all of the at the um, laws that the government is trying to pass and chris could you define it in terms of money and then in terms of what the new definition of equity is right if, you, if you're talking about in terms of racial equity it's always been equality um, I, the way it's been explained to me is when you're talking about equity, you want equal outcomes, not equal opportunities. What makes America great in the Constitution and the, and the way we run our country is that we all have an, uh, a chance to move forward. So if you work hard and you outwork somebody else, Jeff Bezos, who at one time was serving French fries at McDonald's, now he's worth $200 billion. That's the kind of country we want, we want to have where hard work and risk-taking is going to create success. If you don't want to claim your own stake and you want, don't want to do that, then, then that's fine. But anyone should be able to pull ahead if they want. When you start going from equality to equity, and you can see a lot of these Democrats are choking over this. They, they start to say equality, but they mean to say equity. That means they want equal outcomes no matter what your effort, and that is the end of America, in my estimation. Yeah, they want uh, you to make the same money as I do. And our caller to have the same money, whether we uh, deserve it or not, or whether we're qualified or not. Exactly. <laughs> we I, will I take up that you. topic again some other time because uh, it, it is really one of the new buzzwords uh, out there that really needs to be explained because it's a, exactly it's a nice it's a very short term for a very complicated and dangerous philosophical belief. So um, right. Thank you. Thank well, you. For your call, call. call again, please. Well, yeah. sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are out of time. I hope you had a lot of fun. I, I, I always do with well, you. And the callers are great. They make the show. Well, we're going to invite you back again. Next Thursday. <laughs> okay. We'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, next Tuesday when you uh, are um, sometimes um, uh, with us. Um, 
Uh, we will have, uh, let's see, I believe his name is David Susi, Woonsocket City Council member. We'll look forward to visiting with him on Tuesday. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.